I know this is a short presentation, it's supposed to be scheduled for only 20 minutes, so I'm going to keep it uh, short and concise as possible. And firstly, I would like to thank Abdul Wahid and the Medina College for, you know, inviting me and making this possible. And um, what I intend to do is, you know, give a general introduction to the concept of Qadr or the belief in Qadr, the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the divine determination. Um, first and foremost, before I get into that, let me just uh, give the definition of uh, the two famous phrases that come that, you know, are closely affiliated with Qadr. So there's Qadr and there's Qadr, Al-Qadr wal Qadr. So Al-Qadr, which is generally translated as decree, means the pre-eternal decree of creation, i.e. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pre-eternal decree of the creation. This involves Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's divine knowledge because he knew from pre-eternity what will happen and the whole process of creation. Whereas on the other hand, we have Al-Qadr, uh, sorry, Al-Qadr. Al-Qadr is usually translated, there's many different translations for both Qadr and Qadr, but these are the two translations that I'm going to use and I'm going to explain what I mean by Qadr and Qadr. So when I say Qadr, what I mean is the de divine determination and that's the ongoing measurement or outcome of creation. So um, it's basically a the continuous process of creation according to the measurement of the pre-eternal divine decree. Yeah, Al-Qadr wal-Qadr. This is one definition because there are scholars that differentiate between the two, Al-Qadr wal-Qadr, and there are scholars that say they mean the same thing. It's like an Islam wal Ihsan, uh, Islam wal Iman. So in, in in this case, we find that some scholars have have even mentioned that uh, al qada is the general pre-eternal decree of creation, whereas determination al qadr is the specifics of such general pre-eternal uh, decree of creation. So qada, the divine decree, deals with the the macro level of creation whereas uh, al-qadr deals with the micro level of creation so these are just terminologies and i think it's important to clarify these terminologies before starting yeah and the the, the scholar that said that was ibn hajar the last one that differentiates between al-qadr wal qadr i.e al-qadr is a general pre-eternal decree of creation i.e allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed everything that happens in pre-eternity whereas the qadr is the specifics the specifics of such general decree, i.e. our specific actions, our specific wills, etc. Okay, and in order to contextualize this, this, um, this uh, concept of Qadr, um, we know the importance of it is that it is one of the fundamental pillars of faith. Yeah, It's from one of the pillars of Iman. One of the pillars of Iman is أَنْ bil qadr. To believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's divine determination, whether it be good or evil. And this is from taken from the hadith of Jibreel alayhi salam. So this is the general uh, you know, principle of uh, Al-Qadr, which is to believe that everything it came into existence by the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah? And I'm going to get into the general 
belief of Ahl al-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah when it comes to al-Qaba wal-Qadr. However, the context of this whole uh, concept of Qadr came about by inevitable issues in, in history, in the early period of Islam. So we find that it wasn't a problem, the concept of Qadr, wasn't a problem. It's mentioned in the Quran, it's mentioned in the Sunnah, the Salaf al-Salih, they believed in it. However, during the time of Ma'bad al-Juhani and uh, Hassan al-Basri, there was a movement that would use certain inevitable issues. And one of these inevitable issues is al-ihtijaj al-Qadr. To use Qadr, the divine determination, to justify one's sins. I.e., somebody would say that if somebody was doing a, uh, a sin, they would use Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's Qadr to justify it. So, for example, why are you drinking or why are you fornicating? The person will say, well, this is what has been written for me. And this, we still find this in this day and age. So this is uh, one of the inevitable issues of Al-Qadr. So as a result of this, this issue here, Al-Ihtijaj of Al-Qadr, it created a big debate during the time of Ma'abad al-Juhani, Hassan al-Basri and the early, you know, the, the formation of the early sect, Al-Qadriya. So what they did is they completely denied Qadr altogether because they said, you know, it, it, um, it basically it entails dhulm or it entails that man has no will or no action. He's not an agent of his action. And uh, people will use it for their shortcomings. So um, if I can remember correctly, there was uh, some of the khulafa after Muawiyah, I think it was... Uh, Marwan, I can't remember correctly, but one of the Khalifs of Sham was using Qadr, that saying, I have been appointed as your ruler by the Qadr of Allah, and you should be pleased by the Qadr of Allah. And even though in historical narrations, this certain person was, um, was, wasn't basically perfect. So this resulted in Hassan al-Basri's famous Risalat al-Qadr. Yeah? He had the treaties on divine determination, which was refuting the Qadriya, and it was also, sorry, it wasn't refuting the Qadriya, it was refuting the people, the Jabriya, the people that denied any form of human agency, that man has an act, man has the free will to act. And at the same time, it refuted in detail the concept of Al-Ihtijaj Al-Qadr. Yeah, this is very, very important, yeah, because as I said, people still use this in this day and age now. If you give them da'wah, you speak to them, you say, um, Ya Akhi, why don't you come to the mosque? They will say, Ya Akhi, this is what is written for me. Or, um, why do you let your kids go with such bad people? They will say, oh, well, you know what? This is written for them. You know, they will always turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's qadr to justify their shortcomings or their sin. But this is inaccurate because this, does, this basically makes us fatalist if you believe like that. If you say that this is what is written, for me, this makes you a fatalist, i.e. you have no sayings in your action. And we know that's not true because a, a typical example is you wouldn't uh, be happy to use that against yourself. You're very happy and easy to use that against Allah when it comes to your shortcoming or your sins, but you would not be happy to use it for yourself. What do I mean by that? If somebody was to oppress you, was to, for example, rob you or kill members of your family, and then it comes to the point where you ask them, like, why did you do this? A person, if a person was to turn around and say, well, this is the qadr of Allah that it happened, would you accept that? 
a person would never accept that. So why do you why are you pleased to use that against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you're not pleased pleased to be for that to be used against yourself? So this is uh and again it's a fatalist mentality. We we don't have that. Yeah. And this is a famous an example of it even happened during the time of Umar anhu when he went into Sham. And there was a ta'un, there was a plague. And one of the, 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 his companions, uh, Umar, like, you know, the, uh, pr- abstained from going into Sham. So he decided to turn back. And one of the, his companions said, Umar, are you running away from the, 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 the divine determination, the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Umar replied, if it was other than you that said this, yeah, because he knows it's him, he says, look, I am running from the qadr of Allah to the qadr of Allah. So whether I enter in Sham, it is a part of the divine determination. And whether I turn back, it's also within divine determination. So the, if we can, from, that, from this hadith here, from this early narration, we can see that the Sahaba, they were not fatalists. They believed in human agency, i.e. that man has the responsibility for his own actions. Here, Umar decided to turn around. And this also comes within the concept of qadr. It does not exclude Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's divine determination. So it doesn't deny it. So we're not fatalists. So ihtijaj al-qadr, this is a very uh, a big topic. Ibn Taymiyyah has a, a whole book on this, ihtijaj al-qadr. And I know one of the earliest refutation of this whole argument, ihtijaj al-qadr, was by Hassan al-Basr in his early uh, epistle of um, uh, his treaties on al-qadr. Yeah? Okay, so this again is a general uh, uh, concept, al-qadr, and it has many issues. Yeah, One of the inevitable issues was this ihtijaj al-qadr. Yeah? And again, we found this in early debates, and uh, we also found, early, we can also see the early narrations whereby the Sahaba, they clearly believed in human agency and they were not fatalists. They took the responsibility for their own actions, and they did never. They never did use uh, the Allah Subhanahu wa Taala's qadr, His divine determination, to justify their shortcomings or to justify any uh, you know negative outcomes. Yeah, and we saw that in uh, in Umar's hadith. Qadr again is a very, very, very vast topic. It has. We have the general side of qadr, and this is what I want to talk about. And then you have the many specific individual issues that stem from it. And each can be a separate lecture. Each can be a separate talk. Yeah. From these specific issues, which comes, what stems from Qadr, is masail uh, issues to do with ibad, uh, like the creation of man's deeds, i.e. Is man, does man have free will or is he, or is he determined, i.e. is there divine determinism? Um, i.e. the nature of moral acts and uh, the famous one that is a big problem nowadays for many of the people in the West is i.e. The, the nature of evil. Or There are many issues. All of these issues come within the concept of Qadr and each issue can be a separate talk. However, what I intend to do today in this very short lecture or presentation is to talk about what is the general it's an introduction to Qadr and the general belief of Ahl Sunnati wal Jama'ah when it comes to Qadr yeah so I'm going to take an extract from 
the fatawa of Ibn Taymiyyah because he touches on many issues. And I can also give like an anecdote, anti- uh, a brief explanation to, to show who Ibn Taymiyyah is referring to because Ibn Taymiyyah, he alludes to different schools and different sects in his explanation of the general belief of Ahl al-Sunnati wa jamaa in, in regards to Qadr. So this uh, extract is taken from the Majmu' al-Fatawa of the Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah. He was once asked, Su'il al-Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah, Su'alan an al-Qadr. He was asked a question about Qadr. فأجاب عنه إجابة مطولة. He had a very vast and extensive um, uh, answer. وضمنها, and within this answer, that it was the مجمل اعتقاد أهل السنة والجماعة في هذا الباب. It, it, it encompasses the general beliefs of أهل السنة والجماعة in regards to القدر. So Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah says, مذهب أهل السنة والجماعة في هذا الباب وغيره ما دل عليه الكتاب والسنة. That the, 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 the position of the Ahl al-Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Yeah? In this bab, i.e. al-Qadr, and other babs, abwab, and other issues concerning aqeedah, is what is indicated in the Kitab wa Sunnah. وَمَا كَانَ عَلَيْهِ السَّابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ مِنَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ And what was uh, adhered to by the pre, or shall I say, the early generations of the Muslims, i.e. the Salaf al-Salih, from the Muhajirin and the Ansar, and those that came after them. So this is referring to the three generations. So here we can see in this opening statement, Ibn Taymiyyah is talking about the epistemology, i.e. how we know of a concept, the epistemology, the how do we know. It's talking about knowledge. Where do we derive our knowledge from? in matters of aqidah, in any matters. This, this is general, by the way. This applies to aqidah, fiqh, but in this regards here, we're talking about issues of aqidah. So Ibn Taymiyyah is breaking down the fundamental, the foundations. He is showing us that in the Bab of Al-Qadr, when it comes to the chapter to do concerning uh, predestination, i.e. divine determinism, Allah, um, we take our knowledge from, first and foremost, the Kitab, the Quran, the Sunnah, i.e. what is indicated in both the Kitab and Sunnah, and the implementation of the two by the Salaf al-Salih, i.e. The, the first three generation. This is very important, because if we compare this methodology or this epistemology to other sects, we find that they don't have these principles, i.e. these, 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 um, these uh, epistemic, epistemic methodology. Where do we derive our knowledge from? We find that other sects, they derive it from purely aql. Other sects, again, is uh, maybe just from the Qur'an and not from the Sunnah. Other sects, the Qur'an with the understanding of their scholars, but not necessarily the Salaf al-Salih. So Ibn Taymiyyah, he's setting the foundation here. We're going to talk about an issue concerning al-aqidah, belief, faith, and, the, and where do we take this from? How do we know? what? How do we derive our knowledge Concerning belief, faith, theology, we take it from the Kitab al Sunnah with the implementation of the Salaf al Salih. So, the first part of it, he says, So, what do they believe? Madhab Ahl Sunnati wa Jama'a, what is their position? That Allah is the creator of everything. 
Yeah. Now here, when he says creator, this is one of the pillars of Al-Qadr. One of the pillars of divine determination is to believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the sole creator. Why is that so important? Because we find in the early debates of Islam, in the early generations, or after, after the, after the, well, the early, when I say we're talking about during the time, within, after the first hundred years, so with the formation of the Qadriya, and then their offshoots or their offsprings, the Mu'tazila, we find that they attributed a dual uh, creator, i.e. a creator of good and a creator of evil. Yeah? A creator of good and a creator of evil. And some even reject the idea that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a creator of, for example, um, man's sins, for example. So they, they affirm a dual creator. One is man and the other one is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is very important when he says the first, pit, the first thing is and he is the Lord, the owner of everything, all individuals and their attributes, i.e. the individuals and their attributes, their actions, yeah, and the attributes of their actions, whether they're good or bad. From from man's acts and other than man's acts yeah and this again just this this bit here when he talks about this is a very very big topic in uh, uh, the, the chapter concerning Qadr or in the early books of Aqidah and to summarize yes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the sole creator uh, you know of man's actions but it does not mean that man cannot act for himself and we're going to get we're going to get onto that but Again, this is just a general introduction. If you want to go into details, there are books like Manhaj al-Sunnah by Ibn, Ibn Taymiyyah and Shifa al-Alil by Ibn Qayyim. They go into, uh, you know, into depth and they engage with other, other sects like the Mu'tazila and the Sha'ira and the Philosopher. Okay. وَأَنَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى مَا شَأَكَانَ And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what he wills, happens so here the Mashiach is the second pillar of Al-Qadr yeah? this is very important uh, for an average layman they'll think okay Mashiach divine volition divine will you know what's the big deal but in, in the early debates we found that there were sects that, the, that denied the Mashiach for example the philosopher they have a concept whereby they state and they, they do it philosophically, they, they argue it rationally that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mojibun bidhat. He is obliged by his essence. So in uh, so essentially Allah has no free will. He has no sorry, he has no mashia, he has no will. So this is again a direct refutation when we say that this is one of the pillars of Qadr, that is we, we believe in the Mashia, the Mashia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are affirming that Allah has a Mashia. Yeah, this is mentioned in the Quran, this is mentioned in the Sunnah, and this was according to the Fahm of the Salaf al-Salih. And we find other schools, they deny this. So this is very important. What he wills happens. And what he wills not, does not happen. Nothing comes into existence except by his divine will, his divine volition. 
وقدرته and his divine power لا يمتنع عليه شيء شاء nothing is impossible so whatever لا يمتنع عليه شيء شاء whatever nothing is impossible for him to will yeah لا يمتنع عليه شيء شاءه so whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills comes into existence, nothing is impossible for him to will according what is, uh, i.e. what is befitting of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. بَلْ هُوَ قَادِرٌ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ For verily, he is capable, he has power over everything according to what is befitting to him, to his uh, jalala. وَلَا يَشَاءُ شَيْئًا إِلَّا وَهُوَ قَادِرٌ عَلَيْهِ and he does not will something except that he has power, he has capacity over it. And that he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, knows. I, now this is the, the, the third pillar of Al-Qadr. Yeah? The third pillar of Qadr is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's ilm, the divine knowledge. Yeah? Again, this is important because they, there were early sects that dev- that denied this divine knowledge, and again, this was to do with um, debate with you know concerning uh, justice, concerning oppression, zulm, concerning evil. How is it that Allah knows that so and so is going to do bad deeds, and this person is determined to go to hellfire? And as a result of that, people, the early sects, they justified, they tried to avoid attributing zulm oppression to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in a way by them trying to uh, avoid affirming dhulm to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they ended up saying denying Allah's knowledge so Allah didn't know you was going to do that but when you did it you did it so now it's on your record and you're going to be held accountable for it this was wrong yeah they were early sects like the Qadriya that held this view they de- they denied divine knowledge so the third pillar of al-qadr is knowledge the first one is khalq creation Second is al-mashi'ah, divine will. The third one is the divine knowledge, al-ilm. وَأَنَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَهَتَعَالَ يَعْلَمُ مَا كَانَ That he knows what happened and what will happen. وَمَا يَكُونُ What will happen in the future. وَمَا لَمْ يَكُنْ And what would have happened لَوْ كَانَ كَيْفَ يَكُنْ Had it have happened, had it have happened, how it would have turned out. So Allah knows the alternatives. Allah knows the alternative options what happened what will happen what had what would have happened if it did happen how it would have come about so we know that uh, there's a hadith the famous hadith that says nothing changes the qadr except for the dua of a mu'min so only a supplication of a mu'min can change qadr and we know that every year there's laysa al-qadr and it you know, there's a, the, the determining of man's acts for the following year, etc. There are many hadiths that show this. So again, had a person not made that dua, this would have been his path. But because now he made that dua, this is his path. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows all the options. And this ties in very well with, uh, you know, when it comes to the problem of evil, like Ibn Taymiyyah's uh, solution to this was his theodicy was the best of all possible worlds. And Ghazali also had this uh, opinion too. So there are many possible worlds out there, yeah? Many possible uh, options of creation. This was the best of all possible options. Likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows all our options. He has knowledge of all man's alternative options for his acts, and he knows them all. Yeah, so this is very deep. 
Okay. So he clearly says that this uh, this includes the actions of the ibad, i.e., his knowledge. Again, this is a direct refutation against the Qadriya, those who denied Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge because they said uh, this um, basically equates, this is tantamount to oppression if Allah knows the evil deeds of man. Yeah, because how did he let him do that? And how is he going to hold them accountable? And he knew this. So therefore, man didn't have free will. It was Allah's knowledge basically made him determined. So it, 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 this is just very, very simplistic. It's much more deeper than that. But as I said, these specific issues can be a separate topic for another lecture. So this is just, I'm trying to keep it as general as possible. So, And this includes, within Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge, the actions of man and other than actions of man. So Allah has verily created or has determined the measurements of all creation, yeah, before they came into existence, yeah. He has determined their lifespan, and their livelihood, and their deeds. And he also has recorded this. And this brings us on to the fourth pillar of uh, Al-Qadr, which is Al-Kitabah, the divine recording or writing. Yeah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has recorded all of these things yeah, in creation. Everything in creation has been recorded in Allah al-Mahfuz. Yeah. وَكَتَبَ مَا يَصِيرُونَ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ سَعَادَةٍ وَشَقَاوَةٍ And he has recorded everything that leads to happiness and misery or those who will be happy and those who will be miserable. فَهُمْ يُؤْمِنُونَ i.e. أَهْلُ السُنَّةِ وَالْجَمَاعَةِ They believe in the khalq. And this, I, I mentioned this khalq, this is the first pillar. بِخَلْقِهِ لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ that they believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created everything. So his divine will, again, this was the second uh, pillar of Qadr, Makan. And his knowledge of things before it comes about. So the knowledge was the third pillar of Al Qadr. And his determining or his measurement of it. And his divine recording of everything before it comes into existence. And the, his kitabah here again refers to the fourth pillar, which was the divine recording. And Shaykh al Islam uh, goes on to say, and the early generations and its scholars are in agreement yeah? that man is obliged to carry out what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered him to do. That they are, uh, they have to refrain and abstain from what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbade them uh, from doing. So again, this shows us that despite Allah creating everything, has knowledge of everything, has willed everything, has written everything, we still have to, as humans, as the slaves of Allah, we still have to carry out Allah's obligations. Yeah? 
the salah, the zakat, the siyam. Yeah, we still have the worship. We still have to carry out these obligations. And we also still have to abstain from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's prohibition. Abstain from worshipping others beside Allah. Shirk. Yeah. So all of this, it doesn't nullify the concept that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the concept of Qadr and everything that encompasses within Al-Qadr. Yeah. We still have agency. And he's going to go on to explain uh, uh, and affirm that man has agency. وهم, i.e. the Salaf, that they are in agreement in the belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's divine promises and threats, i.e. if you do good deeds, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward us with such and such, and if we do evil deeds, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward us with uh, uh, such and such, i.e. he would punish us. Yeah? الذي نطق به الكتاب والسنة and this promises and threats are mentioned in both the Quran and the Sunnah so there is no contradiction uh, between the concept of Qadr and the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered us to do things and has promised us yeah because again these are indirect refutations against uh, early sects like the Mu'tazila who you know they, 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 they hold certain beliefs you know that it's um, we do things not because even the Sufis, we do things not because of the reward, seeking the reward or of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, or they some of the Mu'tazila, they they oblige things upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So all of these things are, Ibn Taymiyyah is referring indirectly to certain sects. This is what makes us this is what makes this a very concise explanation of the general belief of Ahl Sunnati wal Jama'ah because it, 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 it is in harmony with the Kitab and the Sunnah, the Quran and the Sunnah and the understanding of the Salaf and it is it opposes the early sects that went against the, the things that was the these basically this these evidences that is contained within the Quran and Sunnah concerning Qadr. So Wahum i.e. the Salaf the early generation muttafiquna ala annahu la hujjatan li ahadin ala Allah fi wajibin tark fi wajib tarki so again this refers to the mu'tazila that they are in agreement that there is none nobody can impose something upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or make something forbidden upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and again this is referring to the mu'tazila in issues to do with morality al-husn wal qubh they say it is obligatory of upon Allah to do a salah wal you know, to do the best, etc. So again, this is a direct refu- uh, an indirect refutation against uh, the Mu'tazila, even though Ibn Taymiyyah didn't mention their names here, but we would know because this is what they believe in. So it's only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that imposes things upon his creation. And then Ibn Taymiyyah goes on, and this is the last section. I hope I haven't taken too much time. I'm going to go through this very quick uh, concerning man's acts. وقال, Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah, وَمِمَّا اتَّفَقَ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَفَ الْأُمَّةِ وَأَيْمَتَهَا And from the things that the Salaf, the early generation, have uh, are in agreement to, and their scholars, is الْإِيمَانُ بِالْقَضَاءِ وَالْقَدْرِ To believe in الْقَضَاءِ وَالْقَدْرِ Divine decree and divine determination وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ خَالِقُ لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ And that Allah is the creator of everything وَأَنَّهُ مَا شَاءَ كَانْ And what he wills happens وَمَا لَمْ يَشَاءَ لَمْ يَكُنْ And what he wills not 
does not come into existence and he allows to be misguided whom he wills and he allows and he guides whom he wills this is very important and man and that man has a, a will and he has power and they and man can act according to these this will and power and but however man's acts are within within the 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 frame the framework or within the the within Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's divine determination so i.e it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has made us capable of acting so again we man and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are in the picture when it comes to acts whereas when it was the mu'tazira it was when it comes to good deeds it's only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when it comes to evil deeds it's only man yeah and when it comes to the ash'ara in the in in uh, when it comes to deeds the ash'ara everything is uh, only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is within the picture of deeds whereas man is just the muktasib he is the acquirer he has no actions he has no agency whereas ahl sunnati wal jama'ah they have synthesized they came in between both the the mu'tazila and the ash'ara i.e the ahl sunnati wal jama'ah we affirm that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has will and he is a creator he has the, he is a sole cause and likewise man has a will and he has a power but this man's will and power is within Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's uh, al-qudra al- يعني, his divine determination ma'aqawlihim Ibn Taymiyyah saying with their saying inna al-ibad la yasha'una illa an yasha'Allah that man does not will except that which Allah has willed so uh, our will is conditional upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala willing it for us so if I want to do something it doesn't mean that I am the sole creator, i.e. the sole cause to this action being implemented. Merely, or rather, it is merely a, a, a cause, uh, not a cause, sorry, um, a condition for that act to come about. So both man and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are in the picture when it comes to human agency or acts. كَمَا قَالَ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى كَلَّا إِنَّهُ تَذْكِرَ فَمَنْ شَاءَ ذَكَرَ وَمَا يَذْكُرُونَ إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهُ Verily, this is a reminder, i.e. the Qur'an, so that he who wills, i.e. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has affirmed that man has a will. He who wills may take heed. And they will not heed unless Allah wills, i.e. their heed is conditional upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's will. Yeah, Allah's will is the ultimate will. He is worthy of being feared and he is worthy of of forgiveness Allahu A'lam I will stop here Abdul Wahid if there's any questions maybe we can take any questions if not we can uh, leave it for another time Subhanakallah Muhammadik Shadu wa la ilaha illa atma astaghfiraka wa natubu ilayk Assalamu alaykum Jazakallah khan Shaykh Abdullah there's a, a Q&A box you can have a look and uh, take the questions you think are appropriate inshallah can you see them? Um. Oh yeah, yep, I can see them. Yeah. Uh, okay then, where do I start from? I start from the other one. Uh, okay. Uh, this is again. So uh, one person, so one of the 
attendees has said, I'm sorry, Mlai, uh, is it wrong to say it's the qadr of Allah when it comes to our shortcomings and also other events in our lives like being raped? If somebody is trying to justify it, then that's completely wrong. That goes back to the concept of ihtijaj bil qadr, where somebody is using Allah's divine determination to justify their sins. So um, why did you rape so-and-so? You know, the person's going to blame on Allah. He's going to say, oh, what is the qadr Allah? So he's removing responsibility. He's removing accountability upon himself and he's blaming it on Allah's divine determination. This is completely wrong. This is false. And again, this is a very, very big topic. There are many refutations about this. But in short, the one of a logical refutation is if this person is not happy for it, this to be used against him, then why on earth would he use this against Allah? So this same person who rapes, potentially raped a person, if somebody raped his daughter and he was and that he wanted to hold that person accountable, and that person told him that this is from the qadr of Allah, would he accept it? No way would he accept it. So just like you would not accept it with other people, do not accept it, you know, do not, you know, accept it on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, i.e. do not put the blame on Allah's qadr. Everybody is responsible for their own actions. Yeah, we have will, we have a will, and we have uh, actions, we have, a qud, we have a power to do our own actions. And we are held accountable for this. Hence why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us promises in the Quran and threats. If we do the good deeds, we're going to get the promises of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like Jannah. And if we do bad deeds, i.e. sins, then we are going to face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's threats like Jahannam, like the hellfire. So this is completely wrong. However, we can use Qadr when it comes to calamities that has befallen us, i.e. calamities that is not within our control. I, shall I say natural evil? So the first one was, was uh, moral evil. This was due to human free will, human will. So if a man, if a person does an action, you can't use qadr to justify the action. However when, it, however, when it comes to like uncontrollable events, somebody got knocked over or something completely uncontrollable, somebody missed their flights or uh, there was a hurricane or this pandemic, for example, we can say qadr Allahumma sha'fa'ala if it was the past tense. Why? Because this also... Uh, helps us not to grieve and become depressed about this we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written this many years before it's before it's, it even came into existence before the whole universe came into existence so once we know that it gives us some sort of comfort that this was written it was going to happen it was an, it's inevitable inevitable so this is good because some people they don't have well some religions they don't have this concept of qadr so this is why we find people they grieve they grieve so much that it can even lead to people's deaths because they don't want to get over something because they're grieving. Whereas when it comes to a calamity for a Muslim, we can use we can say This is from the divine determination, and what he what he wills happens. Yeah. The next one is uh, Assalamu alaikum. Is there not multiple universes that exist? Wallahu alam. This is a, a very big debate you find in in, in uh, early books of. Uh, uh, shall I say, Kalam, early books of theology, speculative theology, and they talk about multiple universes. Yeah, Ibn Qayyim even talks about this too. But they say that this is the best of possible uh, 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 worlds. Yeah. So there are debates about this. Again, as I said, these are issues concerning Qadr, and each of these issues is a separate topic. Yeah. 
multiple universe, yeah, the best of all possible worlds. Uh, the last question is, okay, you meant, I meant, why was it written for someone to be raped, not the person who rapes, but rather the one who is raped? Why was it written for me to be assaulted in that manner? You know, why, why, why? This, again, this is, this comes back to the topic or the problem of evil, yeah? And whoever this is, I, sister, brother, I would not be able to do it justice in this very short time frame. So there are, this could be dedicated, a whole talk could be dedicated to this and it can take a long time. I, I did a whole PhD on this topic, yeah? So it's, uh, I don't want to answer, you know, uh, I'm going to try and give you my brief answer, but it, I, I don't want to do it injustice because there are many, many, many uh, answers to this and it, 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 it's, it's, it will take longer than time we have now. So when we say why, yeah, this again comes to the problem of evil. So we have to differentiate between man's will, man's actions, i.e., which comes under natural ev uh, moral evil and natural calamities, for example, fires, like a golden, you know, when got caught on fire and many people passed away. So when you're talking about rape, you're talking about a moral evil. Somebody did a moral evil to you, yeah? That person is going to be held accountable, yeah, for his actions, yeah? It just means when you say, why, you know, why was that written for me? It's like, we, when it comes to moral evil, it's not really a big, I mean, I wouldn't say it's not a big issue. It's not as problematic as natural evil. Because when you say things like why that, then are you saying that man should not have free will? Man has free will, yeah? Man has free will, i.e. humans, we have free will and we can act, yeah? And we are accountable. We are responsible for our actions. And in the hereafter, we will, people will receive justice, yeah? People will receive justice. Um, so that's all I can say, but the, the topic is much, much deeper than that, yeah? Uh, you know, there is, you know, Ibn Qayyim, Ibn Taymiyyah, they have an optimistic, um, an optimistic uh, a theodicy, a theodicy of optimism. So, uh, I, see, I don't, I don't want to go into it because it, it, will, it will take a long time. But what I would advise to that person is perhaps you can read up on uh, theodicies. So, for example, Google Ibn Taymiyyah's theodicy or Google Ibn Qayyim's theodicy or Google theodicy in Islam. Yeah, theodicy means the purpose, the wise purpose behind, or the explanation behind an evil. Yeah, and there are plenty of literature on this topic here. Okay, uh, the person said, can you clarify the last point about the relationship between man's will and Allah's will? So, Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah generally believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a will, and man has a will. And man's will is conditional upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's will. So we cannot will, our will would not come into existence unless Allah has willed it. That's the general aqidah of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. However, if we want to get into details, and again, this is a whole separate topic, there are developments of this by Ibn Taymiyyah and Ibn Qayyim. Ibn Qayyim goes a little bit further, and he says that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's will is more general. Allah, he, he has a will that he gives us, for example, 
uh, free will. He gives us the, the capability of acting, whereas man's will is more specific. We are only responsible for our specific actions. Allah is responsible for the general, i.e. in pre-eternity, before the creation of the universe, Allah willed that man has free will. He can act. And that's it. That's on a macro level. Whereas man's act is a specific will. So that means Allah doesn't intervene each time. Yeah, and this comes back to the problem, uh, you know, the f uh, question about being raped. So this, again, comes back to this. When we say that man, Allah's will is al-mashi' al-amma, whereas man's is mashi' al-khasa, this means that Allah doesn't intervene in man's actions. Every time man wants to act, Allah intervenes. Yeah, this is opposes that. So this is Ibn Qayyim's stance on that. And again, brothers and sisters, this is a very, very big topic. And this short... Uh, period this short time is not going to allow me to do justice on this uh there are there are plenty of literature out there if you're really interested in this topic i can you know send you a, a list of uh um, books you can read through uh if you just google uh theodicy in islam or ibn Taymiyyah's theodicy or ibn qayyim's theodicy you'll come up you'll, i'm sure you'll come across a lot of literature Somebody says, uh, what's it? Is it better to ask him something the best possible? Has the option to marry three people. Is it better to focus on asking for a specific person or asking Allah for the best possible person? So it, it it's uh, it's entirely up to you. You can ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala what you want as long as it's within the framework or it's within the teachings of Islam. So as long as it's halal. So you can ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you what's the best, or you can ask for something specific if you're talking about a specific person. So it's generally up to you. Uh, what was the name of the book you mentioned by Ibn Taymiyyah? So Ibn Taymiyyah, this, what I've taken, I've taken this extract from his fatawa. And this is the eighth volume, page 452. Yeah? Or it starts... It's the eighth volume and it starts on 449. Yeah. And that's taken from his Fatawa. However, there are English works. There are English works on Ibn Taymiyyah's uh, theodicy. Uh, most, I think, one of the famous ones is done by uh, a Christian. His name's John Hoover. He's a professor in Nottingham University. And it's basically entitled, uh, um, uh, I think it's, if I can remember correctly, it's something like. Uh, optimism in Ibn Taymiyyah's theodicy, yeah, something like that. Um, and Ibn Taymiyyah has other books, and again, it all, I think he's got another book, a Ta'iyah. And this is again, the Ta'iyah is a, a poem that is a refutation against the concept of Al Ihtijaj al Qadr, where you use Allah's divine determination to Qadr to justify sins. This again, this was a concept that many, many scholars had refuted in the past. And Ibn Taymiyyah has a risala, a letter uh, uh, on uh, uh, that refutes this specific topic. Yeah, and it's called a ta'iyya. Where can we read the PhD thesis? You can, I'm, I'm sure you can find it online. My PhD thesis It's entitled "A Lost Legacy of uh, Engagement: Ibn Qayyim on Divine Determination." Yeah, Ibn Qayyim on Divine Determination. If you Google that, I'm sure it can come up. But uh, for those, uh, as I said, brothers and sisters, I try to answer the question as concise and best as possible. But forgive me if I didn't do it justice. 
because these are very, very, very big topics, very big topics. And it's very difficult to try and explain it within like 30 seconds yeah, or a minute. So if you are really interested in any of these topics, I suggest that you, you know, Google uh, the topic and I'm sure you can find a lot of literature on it and read up, uh, read up on it yourself. Yeah. Subhanakum wa bihamdika shahadu wa la ilaha illa anta nasafunakum wa natubu ilayk.